Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. I have something that just really honestly been burning in my heart that felt like um, God laid in my heart from a conversation we had with some people that were at our house for dinner one evening, and I'm excited to share it with you. You know, if you haven't heard us say this around here, our, you know, mission, our vision as a church is that we would reach people far from God so that they would... Yeah, good job. And, you know, of course, we're going to continue to do all that we can on Sundays to make sure that happens. We're going to try to innovate. We want to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to move on Sundays and through small groups and through outreach. But what if there was something that you and I, just in our regular day-to-day lives, that we could do something that's even commanded in the Bible that would help us advance that mission, that would help us advance the gospel. Because you, if you don't know this, let me tell you that if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, that you are on mission now, that we are all on mission to reach people far from God. And we aren't all called to be missionaries, but we're all called to use our lives and that Jesus would quite literally change the way we live our lives, that we would model how he had, would have us to live our lives. And so today, what I want to talk about is one of the ways that we can do that, and that is by practicing hospitality. And maybe some of you out there are like, oh, great. She's going to, of course, the woman pastor is talking about that. So uh, I want to, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to break some of those stereotypes today too. But I want to tell you a joke for those of you that are like, oh, I hate this. Um, okay, so this a family was having some people over for dinner and the dad looked over at the six-year-old daughter and said, honey, would you say the, you know, the prayer for us? And she's like, oh, I don't know what to say. And he says, well, that's okay. Just say what you normally hear mommy and daddy say. And she said, Dear Lord, why did we invite all these people over for dinner? So maybe, maybe you felt like that. Maybe you've said those kind of things before. But, you know, honestly, as a society, we have grown farther and farther and farther apart from each other. You know, you, like long, long time ago, like people lived like in, in tribes and in, in gatherings together, but Today, we're individuals, right? It's like individualism is king, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and what I want to do is the way to be. And maybe you pull into your neighborhood every night, and your, like, job is to, like, hey, how's it going? And then as quickly as possible, get into your driveway and shut the garage door. Or maybe it's, like, in your apartment complex, and there's, like, that neighbor that's always trying to talk to you. And and so maybe you, like, pull out your phone, and you're like, hey, yeah, I got to get in, I got to get in. But as much as possible, we try to isolate ourselves. And I get it because life is crazy, right? Can I get an amen? Life is crazy. And maybe you just want to be alone. But I know that God has more for us. And as your pastor, I feel 
almost prophetically challenged to challenge you as a church that God has more for us. He has more for us as we live our lives and he has purpose in how we should advance the gospel. You see, hospitality, I want to tell you the generation, the generation, the definition of that. Hospitality in the Greek in the Bible is philozenia, and it means the generous and gracious treatment of guests, the love of a stranger. If anybody's ever heard the word xenophobia, do you know that word? It's basically the fear or um, the like repulsion of things that are unfamiliar, of the stranger. And it's interesting that this word xenophobia actually comes from this Greek word hospitality, philozenia. And you see, what we have done in society is we have now said, well, I'm going to keep everyone out at arm's distance, when in reality, what Jesus modeled for us and what he shows us in Scripture is that we would love the stranger. We wouldn't keep them out, but we would invite them in. You see, in the New Testament, the early Christians, along with everyone else that lived in ancient times, hospitality was actually a very pragmatic thing. There weren't a lot of Motel 6s and, uh, you know, Hampton Inns and all of these great places for people to stay. So when they traveled, people quite literally had to open their homes to people. It was a pragmatic thing, and it was really important for the early Christians as well, because as they advanced the gospel of Jesus under great persecution, they needed a place to stay. But you see, Jesus, when he came on the scene and in his ministry, he changed this hospitality from just a pragmatic thing, which it still was, but also a missional thing. There was purpose behind the hospitality that he would show. And so you see, today, our hospitality can not only be pragmatic, it can not only be something that we can do and it's just this natural world, but it can quite literally be a symbol to the world of this divine welcome and access that we all have in Jesus. See, hospitality helps the evangelistic work of the church. It helps spread the gospel like it did in the Bible, and it can today. And while not all of us are called to stand up here and preach, and not all of us are called to sell all of our goods and move to another country and be missionaries, we are all called to use our lives and what God has given us, our homes, our provision, the things that we have to advance his gospel. So Romans 12, 13 says this, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. We could talk a lot about this be ready piece that most of us never want to do. Discipline, picking up socks, doing the dishes, vacuuming the floor. Be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. That word practice there means to do something with intense effort or with a definite purpose or goal in mind. And so God's people are in need, help them, but have a purpose behind it. 
have mission behind it. Don't just offer someone something just because like it's fun to do, but have a purpose behind it. And our purpose as Christians is to advance the kingdom of God. Hebrews 13, one through two says this, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. How cool is that? Like that you could quite literally open your home, open your life, show hospitality to someone who's not in your circle. And by doing so, it's like you were showing hospitality to an angel. It's pretty cool. So there's two examples here. One that's saying show hospitality to God's people and one that's saying show hospitality to those who are outside of your circle. People that we know, people in your church, people in your small group, people that you work with that you don't really like, your neighbor that's mean, your neighbor that always says, move your car. That's never happened to me. So why... Okay, so this is what hospitality, we see scripture, but why should we practice it? Why is it important? You know, I think the first thing, if you're taking notes, I would like for you to write this down, that God displayed hospitality from the beginning. You see, God created the heavens and the earth, this beautiful world, and we weren't a part of it, but he invited us into it. He created Adam, he created Eve and invited them into this beautiful environment that was his. And then later when God's people, the Israelites were enslaved and they were in Egypt and they were strangers in a foreign land, he promised them, I'm going to provide a promised land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that interesting that this promised land, he didn't just say like, it's going to have cool houses and there's going to be cool property. He's like, no, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And that sounds so good. God displayed that. And then he displayed it even greater when he sent his only son, Jesus, to earth to prepare a way to be ready to create a place for you and I so that we could have a life eternal with him. And so the first reason why we should practice hospitality is because God displayed it for us. The second reason is because Jesus modeled hospitality. Did you know, this is really interesting to me, I found this out in study in the past couple of weeks, that there are three ways in the New Testament that this phrase is used and it's finished three different ways. It says, the son of man came, okay? And it happens three different times. In Mark 10, 45, it says, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. So that's one. Second, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So same thing, son of man came, son of man came. And then the third says, the son of man came eating and drinking. How cool is that? Is that a cool God that we have? And he was like, I'm coming on this scene and I'm gonna be eating and drinking. So these, these two statements are statements of purpose. So he had purpose. Like he didn't just like come to the world because like that was cool and his daddy told him to. No, he had purpose. He wanted to serve. He didn't come for us to serve him. He came to serve and he came to seek and save the lost. But how, what's a method that he did it? By eating and drinking. 
think it's really telling that at the end of Luke 7, 34, the Jews of that day would say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And so you know, if they're calling him that, that he must have been doing some partying. He must have been hanging with some people, eating some really good food, and they didn't like it. Because you see, one of Jesus's methods of evangelism was one meal at a time. It's literally how he started the church. Like, like part of how he started the church that he would eat at a table with people. And you know, even though we don't see necessarily him inviting, so you might say this, maybe somebody's saying this, because I even said this to myself. Well, I mean, that was Jesus going into people's homes. I don't see him inviting people into his home. Well, one, we don't really know what that looked like, and maybe he did. Um, but the, the point behind it is, is that Jesus would act as host and guest. And what he would do by inviting himself into people's homes, and we'll read a story of Zacchaeus in here in a second, but he would cross social constructs and people that were not supposed to, he wasn't supposed to have dinner with them. He wasn't supposed to go into those homes and he would cross those social constructs. And by doing that, he would cross the line of just guest into host because he was making himself the authority in that. And not only that, he would wash their feet and he would tend to them and he would break bread with them. I want to read you this story of Luke 19. Um, it's a story of Zacchaeus, um, and I'm actually going to skip on down to verse 5. It says this, and Jesus, so Jesus was entering Jericho, and there was a man, and he was in a tree. His name was Zacchaeus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, this is, the, you know, the religious people. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Hmm, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Look at what happened. Jesus invited himself into someone's home and their life, like they changed. Like from a meal, from a meal, someone's life changed. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house since he is, this is really key here. He too, because this man too is a son of Abraham, who they would have not said is a son of Abraham. This man too, this man that you hate, he is too a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that what was lost. For Jesus was showing us in this moment, and I love this quote, so I just want to put it up here because this is not my words, but I think it's beautiful. It says, for Jesus, meals weren't a boundary marker because they were in that time. They were a boundary marker, like a status, like you, you would invite people into your home at a higher status than you. You were trying to curry favor from people. But no, Jesus, meals weren't a boundary marker as they were customarily in biblical times but a sign of God's great welcome into the kingdom. Not a way, again, like we talked about earlier, to keep people out, but a way to invite people.
people in. Because this story of Zacchaeus was scandalous at the time. Like we read this, and I even remember like as a kid, like in Sunday school, hearing this story and it'd be like the wee little man, you know, anybody ever heard? And like, oh, it's so cute. And like, I remember even one time hearing this sermon, it was like, Jesus loves short people. And I'm like, thank God for that, because I'm short, and so I'm so glad he loves short people. But that's not why this story was scandalous. You see, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and he was the utter enemy, like the absolute enemy. He was working on behalf of the Romans. It was like someone had betrayed them. And so what Jesus was doing is he was going into the low of lows. I want you to right now, Picture in your mind, and this is the only time that you'll hear your pastor tell you to do this, but picture in your mind someone who you think is the lowest of lows of society. I know everybody has it right now in their head. Picture that. And now imagine that you see Jesus sitting at a table having dinner with them. How would that make you feel? And so Jesus didn't just invite himself into people's homes so that he could like get favor. But no, he said, I'm going to cross some social boundaries. And when he was with people who were outcasts or people who were on the fence about him, not, not the church people, okay? When he was with the people that were on fire for him, he'd stand up on the mountain and he would preach a good news to them. And so that's why we're going to continue to do this because We all need that. But no, when Jesus was with people who were on the fence, like people who didn't really know, what he would do is invite himself into their home. And I can just see it. Like I can really picture this, that he's in their home and he's having dinner with them and he's breaking bread and he's tending to their needs and he's loving them. And then he would invite them to follow him. There was purpose It wasn't just like, I want to have dinner with you because you're fun and like you're cool and you're my crowd. No, like I want to have dinner with you so I can tend to your needs. And then I want to invite you to follow me. And so Jesus was modeling for us hospitality. This way that hospitality was not just pragmatic but it was missional, it was purposeful, that it was a way to advance his good news. It was a way to share what he was coming to earth. He didn't just come talking about the feast of the kingdom, but he actually feasted when he was here on earth. You know, historians say, like, I didn't make this up. This actual fact that people, the historians say that the way that the church was so rapidly advanced in biblical times was because they were eating and drinking in each other's homes. And you and I get to gather here together today because of that. We get to stand on the shoulders of people who under great persecution who under tribulation, who under people who were wanting to kill them, gathered in homes and shared the good news of Jesus. Yet today we live so alone. We live so isolated and I get it. And sometimes I know it would be easier to just run into your house and get under the blanket and binge watch Cutthroat Kitchen. But the third reason why hospitality is so important is because it is a battle weapon to defeat loneliness. 
First Peter 4, 8 through 9 says this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Don't complain about it. I've done that. And we're all lonely and we're all distant and we're all angry at each other. And you know this. It's why you can sit in a crowded room and feel all alone. You can work with a lot of people and not have one single close friend. You can be a college student in a dorm room full of lots of people and feel all alone. You can be a business leader at the top of your game and feel all alone. You can be in a marriage that's dysfunctional and feel all alone. And we've read the things and we listen to the podcast. It's a breakdown of families and we know really it's this. (laughs) It's social media. It's the fact that we get on here and we get a hit and we get a high and we think we've connected when in reality we haven't spoken to a real person in months. But the risk is always worth it. The risk is always worth it to invite someone into your life and living this life of hospitality will quite literally be like a sword that cuts through darkness and cuts through loneliness. And I don't know about you, but I have been there too and I have been lonely and I have prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. And again, you might be saying, I'm not that person. I'm not a hostess. I'm not Martha Stewart. I'm not Jesus and you're right. But I think what happens often is we get hospitality and entertainment confused and entertainment is not bad, but that's not what this is talking about. This is not talking about entertainment because you see entertainment is performance, not service like hospitality. And entertainment is an event. It's a baby shower. It's a New Year's Eve party. But hospitality is a way of life. It's the way we live our life. Entertainment is an act of reciprocity. I'm going to invite you over, but guess what? I need you to do that thing for me at the job tomorrow. I need you to help me out with that word. Hospitality is generosity, asking nothing in return. It's literally being a living witness of the kingdom of God. And most of us know what true hospitality feels like. We've felt it before. When someone, a host, has shown that we are worthy, that we feel worthy, and that's what God did for us. And he said that you're worthy. You're worthy of my time, and you're worthy of everything that I have. And all he's asking us is, can can we just like show someone else that? Through our lives, could we show someone that they are worthy? And so here's four practical ways that I think we can all practice hospitality in our lives. The first one is that we would welcome everyone you meet. And I mean that literally and figuratively. That as you engage and as you meet people, that you would extend a kind word. That as you run into that person in the grocery store, that you wouldn't say, oh, 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 that you would look at them and you would say, hey, how's it going? Are you having a good day? So good to see you. You know, Zacchaeus, he was welcomed in to the arms of Jesus. He said, Jesus said, he is also a son of Abraham and worthy of my time. And that's what Jesus wants us to do, that we would show someone that they are worthy because they are God's child. And that means that here at church on Sundays, that's what we get to do. Like everyone that walks in these doors, we get to say, hey, 
I'm so glad to see you today. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, how's it, how's it been? Hey, I heard you had a wreck last week. I'm so sorry. Can I pray for you real quick? It's literally through holding a cup of coffee and putting it in their hands, opening a door, smiling at someone during the meet and greet, actually having a real in your eyes conversation, not a trite smile. Hey, it's good to see you. Yeah, the weather's been crazy, huh? No, like a legitimate welcome in to your life. The second thing is that you would connect with people regularly. You would engage others with the mindset of Jesus, that it wouldn't just be like, I'm going to drop an invite card on the table and hope a server sees it and that they find Jesus. And I'm not saying that's bad. And, you know, like I've dropped invite cards all over the place because, hey, who knows, you know? But know that you would actually like connect with someone, that you would look in their eyes and, and let them know that you love them and that you care about them. And then it's not just a DM and you're like, all right, I did it. <laughs> did it for today. Sent somebody a text. I've connected. But that you would face-to-face engage and interact with someone. Even on a Sunday in the lobby after church, I'm going to step on your toes. Don't run right out of here. Like, unless you have to, try to connect with someone. One of the best ways to do that is through asking questions. You know, most people listen with the intent to get to the next thing or the intent to reply, but they don't listen with the intent to understand. And if we would listen to someone with the intent to understand where they're coming from and what their week has been like, and that we would ask them a question, hey, I'd love to hear your story. Tell me more about that. How can I pray for you? I promise you that practicing hospitality in that way, it will change lives. The third thing is to keep your head up, that you would open your eyes that as you walk through whatever environment you walk through tomorrow morning, whether it's your place of business, whether it's your school, whether it's through Target on a Monday morning with all the other stay-at-home moms, that you wouldn't be like this. No, you would keep your head up, that you would look for someone who's lonely, that's hurting, that's depressed. I was in Target a couple weeks ago, and I was walking through, and I'm not telling, like, this is not a made-up preacher story. This legitimately happened. Three times, this lady and I ran into each other, not like literally, but we, like, encountered each other, and each time, I was literally doing nothing, and she got so mad at me every time. And I just was like, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Like, have a great day. So good to see you. Then we were at the the checkout, and I was like, hey, I really like your outfit. Looks really pretty. I hope you have a great day. And as we left in the parking lot, she stopped me, and she just said, thank you so much. I've had a really bad day today. And the fact that you, like, didn't let my rudeness (laughs) get you rude, which I'm not perfect. And there's many times where someone's rude to me, and I'm like, what? Excuse me? Especially if it's about my child. I'll tell you a story about that sometime. But I'm just asking, and I think God's asking us, that we would just do what we normally do, but we would open our arms a little wider, and we would invite people into this. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Okay. Number four, and this is the most important one, honestly. This is the crux of what I want to talk about today, that we would make 
shared meals a priority, that we would make sharing a meal with someone important. Again, did you know that many of Jesus's striking moments occurred around a meal? 50 references to food are in the gospel of Luke alone, like 50. And even when Jesus wasn't eating, they were talking about eating. And so I'm challenging you today as your pastor, this is not legalistic and I'm not trying to be legalistic about it, but I am challenging you to make it a priority to share a meal with someone that you would invite them into your home. I know it's hard, I know it takes work, but that you would invite them in, that you would prepare the way for them, that you would be ready for them, that you would pray for that person before they come into your home. You would pray, God, I just pray that our conversation would be uplifting. God, I pray that you would help me to see a need, God, that you would help me to, to show you in me that you would have a conversation. Because you see your home, it's not a castle to keep you safe from the world, but it is an outpost for the kingdom of God to be advanced in your community. Having a meal is not just a representation of the kingdom of God, but it is actually the kingdom of God being lived out here on earth. And here's what you're saying to me. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have a house that looks good. I don't have this. I'm not that. I want to be by myself. I'm too tired. I don't know what they'll think. And I have been there too. And I've made all the excuses. But the reality is people don't want a perfect home. People want to be welcomed. And so as long as your house doesn't like smell like sewer and there's not like dog poop on the ground and like as long as like there's a space for them to walk in and have a seat, all they want to be is welcomed in. I want to show you this illustration. You see, often people think this is what it has to look like. And maybe for you, that's what it looks like. And that is awesome. Invite me over. I love something that's beautiful. And maybe that is you, but maybe that's not you. Maybe you're more like me. <laughs> and maybe you've had a busy week and, um, and your kid's school was canceled for the 17th time. And you, you know, just maybe you didn't want to cook, but you did have time to run by the Chinese restaurant and you did have some leftover paper plates from like a party you had. Maybe this is you. And, and over the past year, Sean and I have probably had 300 dinners in our home. Maybe that's an exaggeration, probably more like 200. I would say, say 90% of them have looked like this. <laughs> 90% of them have not been me cooking a meal and putting out on on pretty, pretty plates. I don't even have those. We had to borrow these from Lacey. Thank you so much. because. I don't even have nice things. Um, but, but maybe this is what it looks like. And guess what? This still accomplishes the purpose. Or maybe you're a young single dude or you um, are couch surfing right now. You don't even have a home. 
or maybe, you know, whatever, whatever your excuse is. Um, I bet you, I think McDonald's coffee is a dollar a cup. I bet you, you could swing by McDonald's and spend $2, or if it's not in the morning, you could get like a soda. Maybe it's just a large one, and then you split it between two cups. I don't know, but I bet you could do this. And this still accomplishes the purpose. So maybe it looks like this, or maybe it looks like this. But Jesus still can use any of these things. And like I said before, I came up with all the reasons before. For years, Sean and I would not invite people into our home. Honestly, years. I'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want to catch the, their viruses they have, and I don't want them coming in and messing up my house, and I don't want this, and I don't want that. But I was really, we were really convicted by this last year. And God has changed our life. I have prayed for years that God would send me friends. And I have friends, I have lots of friends. I feel like this year that God has just been like, like, here's, like, just, here you go. And, and part of that is because we opened our home and our lives have changed. And our little boy, Sam, knows. Like, he asks us all the time, like last night, um, who's coming over tonight? Why isn't somebody coming over? And he loves it. Not only have our lives been changed, but there's been people that we've invited to our home that weren't a part of this community of faith, that their lives have been radically changed, not because of us, but because God used us as a vessel. He used our home as a vessel. He used some Chinese on a paper plate as a vessel for his mission to be accomplished. It's been it's really interesting. I've got one last thing. Um, my, if anybody has Amazon photos, they do this thing that's like a, um, like a on this day thing. And to this morning popped up this. I don't know if you can see it. What if I get this out of the way? Oh, I'm going to break that. I won't touch it. Maybe just whoever can see it can see it. But six years ago today, thank you, Chris. I'm so sorry. Six years ago today, I was um, on a trip in Israel with some of our global family in um, Virginia, and we were doing a film trip. And we had been staying in this hotel, and we met, you can go ahead and go to the second picture. Um, we met this man right here. Um, his name was Isa, and he was our server. And he just honestly, like, uh, let me say this. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, well, that's a gender thing. And that's why the woman's talking about it because like, you know, Southern hospitality and she's just gotta do the things. But okay, can you look at that man right there? Does he look like a Southern woman? This isn't a gender thing. It's not a cultural thing. It's a, it's a Jesus thing. And we, we met him and, and he just was like, I wanna, I just wanna invite you into my home. And he lived in the inner walls of Jerusalem. You can go to the next picture in the inner city. This was the group that he invited over. You can go to the next picture. That was on top of his house. That's him and his mom. This home had been in their family in the inner walls of Jerusalem for like, I think it was like 1,720 years, almost 2,000 years this home had been in their family. Um, it wasn't nice. It wasn't fancy. Um, they didn't have like the most immaculate serveware. The meal, you saw the picture of that at the beginning. Um, it, was, it was amazing. It was so good, but it wasn't fancy. 
It was like rice and some meat that they had cooked. But that meal marked me. A stranger, honestly, like someone that I had met twice and he was our server at a restaurant, invited us into their home and we spent hours laughing and talking and talking about the persecution that him and his family faced as Christians who lived in a Muslim quarter of the city of Jerusalem and how they were a part, they were being a part, like bringing people into their home was how they could share the good news of Jesus. That was their safe place to do that. Like that meal marked me and I'll never forget it. I just, I thought like, how weird is that? That that popped up on my time hop today. But you and I, get to be a part of that. And so whatever that looks like for you, and I don't want you to feel shame and I don't want you to feel like this legalistic thing, but that you would just feel challenged if you hear nothing else I said today, that you would invite someone into your home and that you would be a part of advancing the gospel of Jesus on earth. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for Today, God, thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for this people, Lord. I thank you for challenging me in this. God, I just pray that our church, that this, this body right here, Life Point Louisville, God, that we would be known for being welcoming. We would be known for practicing hospitality, that we would be known for helping defeat loneliness in our community. So God, we just ask that you would continue to challenge us. God, that as we pursue you, you would meet us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.